Hello all, this is Blonde Haired Girl. I wanted to do this podcast a little bit of an extension of a couple of mine that I've done recently on the theme of the master Thich Nhat Hanh. I had told you all that I, um, I don't know, I even had a visual about him I don't know, maybe living vicariously around me. I don't know. (laughs) And I'm willing to say that all of this might be just complete rubbish. But this is just the impression that I got. And I just got to thinking about the massive differences in our life. Our lives that really didn't have very much in commonality whatsoever. There's not not much in common whatsoever. Him, a man, a monk, a Buddhist, myself, a female, a lay person who endeavored to be married and mother who turned into some kind of, um, I don't know, I honestly don't know what I am. I don't know I don't know what the label would be um if I even need one. <clears throat> but this morning I was laughing as I was <laughs> as I was putting on mascara. I was thinking about the absurdity from his vantage point about mascara, about putting on this black goop on your eyelashes so that they'll they'll look thicker, they'll be more prominent. What is more attractive about thicker eyelashes than thinner eyelashes or no eyelashes? <laughs> and I just had to laugh, but then I but then I thought but he never had the experience of concerning himself with mascara. And the parts of life that I that I have had that have brought meaning to me and mascara is one of them. I know it sounds really silly, but my daughter and I used to make a joke that it was the one thing that we couldn't live without was mascara. <laughs> it was just a joke. I don't always put on mascara. I I have kind of my thoughts are is today mascara worthy or not? I don't always wear mascara anymore. <clears throat> I ask myself if it's worthy. Is this an event or a moment that I can waste my mascara on? <laughs> I know it's so silly, right? But concerning, concerning things about appearance, I was thinking about how he did not have to concern himself with appearances. I'm, I'm at this event that I've been talking about going to, and I'm, I'm sitting on the beach, and I'm looking at all of these people, and many of them in sun Guy, gear attire, beach attire, you know, I mean, 
a lot of women in their bathing suits and men in their shorts. And that's kind of this moment where we just kind of, we see who you are, right? But I mean, do we? Is, is a person's appearance who they are? And then myself and my own, you know, I've talked about this on several one of my podcasts about the pressures of even a woman in my position and in my age and everything is to continue to be attractive. And what exactly that means, what does it mean to be attractive? And is attractiveness in the eyes of the beholder? I mean, is it entirely? And there's so much about our bodies that we can't really do much about. I mean, I try. (laughs) I'm like really particular about what I eat and exercise and my mindset, the way I dress. I mean, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm a pretty vain person in all actuality. So does that make me not enlightened if I am indeed vain? Do people who are enlightened not concern themselves whatsoever with their appearance? But I mean, even not not like taking a vow of wearing the certain kind of garments that he had to wear to be a monk is in its own right a, a, a rule and it has its own has its own issues that I know nothing about. I know nothing. I, I don't I've never aspired to be a monk, although I will tell you that there have been times where I've been in a state of meditation and did not want to get out of I would just I could understand why if given the choice that somebody would choose to just meditate or to leave this dimension altogether. Because <clears throat> I have had times in meditation where I had such an out-of-body experience that I, that I could see why somebody wouldn't come back if given the opportunity. Because I didn't want to go back to my body. And so there are aspects about his life that I suppose that I could could identify with or admire. But I asked myself, why would he want to come and even live vicariously around me? Why me of all? And I have to say that I, I, I have like things about this life from my vantage point, the things that I have enjoyed most about this life were things that I don't know that he actually got to experience. Like the idea of falling in love, being in love with someone, not humanity, not 
fellow species on the planet. I'm talking about falling for someone and seeing them in such high esteem and admiring them and in caring for them and in loving them and caring for them that their happiness is your highest goal. While you can't make them happy, I'm not suggesting that I can make them happy, but I can do my dangest to not do things that would purposefully make them unhappy. Just just to love someone like this, I, I think about the opportunity to hold the other as the object of your desire, the object of your affection, what it feels like to laugh, share ideas, to have a commonality with another person, to hold that relationship different than other relationships, to like share a bed with someone, to share a body with someone. (laughs) And then sometimes there's a child, there's children that come out of that situation. (laughs) Entanglement, I guess I could say. And I can't imagine anything like the experience of giving, giving birth. and the moment that the part the child is born and this gush of emotion that comes upon us and stays with us even throughout our children's lives i was thinking about my daughter getting into pa school physician's assistant school and she really tried to keep it a special occasion for me and I, I had such emotion come over me when she told me. I mean, I've just, I mean, I can't describe it. It was so wonderful and joyful and happy. Something that she had been working towards since she was very young. A dream of hers is the possibility of coming true. And of course it will because my daughter is a very driven, hardworking young person. But it's like their joys are our joys. Their sorrows are our sorrows. I mean, truly, when something bad happens, we cry. We cry with them. We feel the sadness of our loved ones. So sometimes I think about what it was like to live in a monastery. Because I refer, I've been referring to him for years about 
this idea somehow that that when you reach enlightenment as a state of being that you never have any more conflict and it's like did he have no conflict like even with the people that in the monastery i mean did the the monks and the nuns did they have conflict or did they just always get along I don't know. I think I think it takes courage to become a monk to give up these things that we call a traditional path to become a monk, but I think that it's also it takes courage to not. Cuz there's there's a level of heartbreak along with all of this too having to do with like unrequited love. I've been thinking since I've been here, you know, I've been thinking about that I've loved so many men in my life, like loved them. And it wasn't necessarily reciprocated. And I don't know that it had necessarily anything to do with me, but we all have our capacity for love. Just our capacity to love. And I think a lot of people have a hard time with, with the capacity to love another human being. But I don't know if it's just that I picked the wrong people to love or they picked me or... There were times where I picked people who were safe because they weren't as mo- emotionally invested so I didn't have to emotionally invest. <laughs> but then there's these times where you just jump in with wild abandon and I have done that. And as of yet it's just crashed and burned. <laughs> It's just crashed and burned, but I'm practicing and I'm learning and I'm trying to change the way that I believe that love can be because I believe that it can be a wonderful experience that a person can reciprocate. I think that some flying insects just came (laughs) at my face. Mm, the size of a binocular. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I'm learning about a lot of negative beliefs that I have about men in particular, and I'm I'm attempting to change my mind about that. I'm seeing it. I'm looking at it, and I'm I'm in the process of changing my mind about that. And, and I have hope, I have faith that this next part of my life will be a really wonderful one and the capacity for something amazing to come into my life. So at this point, it's like I, I, I have no reason to 
to settle for anything that isn't amazing. But secondly, like, I would not want anybody, would not want to hurt anyone in that way that I had any kind of inkling that, the, that I would be settling to be with them. So, so I just stay and remain in my faith in that which created everything. In being here, I woke up this morning and I went to the beach so that I could see the sunrise. I was kind of sad because there was a lot of other people that had the same idea. <laughs> So I wasn't quite alone. But these moments here have been pretty perfect. Nothing would would make them better. Just the moment. Just the perfection of the moment. And nothing making it better. (laughs) Anyway... I appreciate y'all listening and I will be back with other ideas and that's a wrap.